Hello, thank you for joining us um, for our first podcast of this semester in communication theory at University of Houston, downtown. And uh, my name is Amanda. I'm the instructor of the course. This week, we're talking about two really exciting theories in communication, and I'm going to let my co-hosts introduce themselves and, and then talk about the theories. Well, hello, my name is Crystal Wall, and I'll be talking about cognitive dissonance in current events um, as it relates to current events. I am Stephanie Bellamaz, and I will be talking about cognitive dissonance and um, the defining what it is and um, just listing a couple of example situations and maybe like, and why, um, the reasons some people feel this discomfort, this theory. <laughs> <laughs> right. This. Uh, my name is Ramallah. I'll be going over expect expectancy violations theory and um, how it applies to our everyday world. And Ramallah, do you want to start first and then we can um, jump back over to cognitive dissonance? Yeah, okay, so expectancy uh, violations theory is basically the theory of um, when you expect a person to act a certain way around you or um, basically you have these boundaries already put up or these expectations already put up of this person and then they act differently, um, which violates their expectations of you. Um, it can be because usually whenever you have friends, family members, or even um, like acquaintances, there's boundaries, like even for physical touch, um, things like that. If a um, stranger came and sat in your space really close to you, you would mind that. But if it was um, a friend or someone you knew well, especially a family member, you wouldn't mind that at all. So like, um, it's basically things like that. Uh, let's see. Um, I did go over <clears throat> an article and um, in the article it's mentioned that studies have, sh have shown that, um, that uh, there are certain things such as seated distances and standing dis uh, distances that are influenced by um, like demographic features such as culture, gender, and geographical um, like expectations that we already put on ourselves. Um, it's basically how we were raised too. I know that um, in some cultures it's normal to like sit together while in some like it's normal to sit at a distance. So that would be one of the examples that um, I would mention that I would think about. Um, yeah, so it's mostly like violating people's space. <laughs> yeah. I, if you don't mind uh, me jumping in, I wanted to um, kind of tag onto that and say that whenever I've taught expectancy violation theory in the past as an interpersonal theory, it's usually taught from the point of view of just nonverbal communication and um, <laughs> And it's not really, the theory isn't really talked about. So we talk about proxemics and stuff like 
um, mm-hmm. like you're saying, that um, it's also been the first place I encountered the theory was in my graduate program, which is strategic communication, which is stuff like public relations, crisis communication, um, that, that kind of stuff, and closer to mass communication than just interpersonal. So um, I didn't even realize it was an interpersonal theory until later, but um, it's basically it keeps working if you apply it to corporations or you know organizations in crisis and their publics or their consumers, um, athletes or celebrities and their fans. It A lot of the variables of culture, gender, uh, race, you know, all those things and how they exist or how people exist in those things. So, you know, expectations are different, people violate expectations and it's not really um, uh, as clear cut as it was originally theorized, but it's an interesting lens to view different contexts. Mm. So um, it also has a lot to do with some other theories like um, uncertainty reduction, which we're going to talk about next week, that cognitive dissonance is another theory for this week that overlaps a whole lot with the expectancy violation. So I'll let y'all take it off, Stephanie and Crystal. Okay. Yeah, I did hear you uh, when you you said cultural. I That's something we... I don't think we talked about, and that does go along with cognitive dissonance when when people have certain beliefs and then they get new information and it makes them uncomfortable. And um, one of, I pulled up two articles, um, one which talks about, it's by, it's uh, cognitive dissonance, a barrier to effective management. And the author, R, Uh, Robert P. Hawley, he starts off with the definition of cognitive dissonance um, within psychology. It's the perception of contradictory information. Relevant items of information include a person's actions, feelings, ideas, beliefs, values, and things in the environment. Cognitive dissonance is typically experienced as psychological stress when people participate in an action that goes against one or more of them. And According to this theory, when two actions or ideas are not psychologically consistent with each other, people do all in their power to change them until they become consistent. Um, So his article is about effective, it's a barrier to effective management. And he is a librarian or or manager. And he talks about um, how people are inconsistent with their actions or they don't want to believe things it's it's almost like a a form of like denial of a situations and people adjusting to what makes them comfortable um and that we really get nowhere with that and it backfires it can backfire um if you see a lot of things going on in the news which um crystal will touch on in a moment and Let's see, as I pull up, I highlighted everything that, um, yes, it's responsible for irrational optimism, excuse me, irrational optimism and pessimism. Um, And another article I pulled up was 
It's called the people or the message, which is responsible, which is responsible for cognitive conflict. This is, this comes from the Journal of Agricultural Education. And these ladies write about selective exposure, what people um, expose themselves to, what they select um, to view in terms of what they wanna care about or what matters um, because in the back of their minds, they know that you know everything's not gonna be perfect. Um, in this particular article, they, sh they talk about their, their research reflects on um, the images they show people and how they view farms and animals and how they're being treated. And my notes that I documented, I put, yes, for us meat eaters, we do it anyway. You know, we're going to eat meat if we want to eat meat because we love meat. Um, but most of us don't think about how the meat, you know, where it comes from. We forget that it comes from living, breathing beings, and we avoid the issue of the abuse. Um, and really, probably only until we are manipulated or told, you know, factually that the abuse can actually make us sick or you know what we're putting in our bodies then we might mm -hmm. care um so that that was a good one and they mm -hmm. they did do um they did list results about how they measure this with people um they did touch up on a another theory this this knowledge gap theory where people of course select what they know or how, how they believe based on um, their demographics, what they've been exposed to, um, what they've already been through as well. So, mm -hmm. and what's, what's been taught to them or how it's been taught. Um, and if we've been manipulated at all, we have learned to manipulate our own thoughts and our mind to make us comfortable to keep going on doing what we're doing. Um, and their results, how they measured this was, uh, one was test and develop measures of cognitive conflict applicable to a context of agricultural images. And another example would be to determine the influence if you were measuring this, you know, cognitive dissonance among people, or if this was the case, determine the influence of demographics and message characteristics on cognitive conflict levels identified in the instrument. And one more that I liked was determine if cognitive conflict components differ between those who want to learn more about livestock, for example, and those who do not want to learn more about livestock. So measuring who really even cares and who um, is receiving these messages. And um, give me one second. I think I got one more thing to touch on before we go to Crystal. Oh yeah, I highlighted this for some reason the other day. Um, I just put that uh, this, this is from the book, our textbook. Note that the acceptance of personal responsibility requires that the person know ahead of time that his or her actions will have negative consequences for someone else and yet still choose to do the dirty deed. Is there anything else I can touch on, uh, Professor 
Can you say that just one more time? Read the last part. I mean, the last, the last part. Oh, this is from yeah. the book. This is from chapter 17, Cognitive Dissonance Theory. And mm -hmm. it's actually right up under that cartoon that I liked. Yeah. About the, the worker knowing that he's smarter than his boss and he still stays there and convinces himself that he loves the job. But that's different from this. It's um, he just the author puts a uh, note that the acceptance of personal responsibility requires that the person know ahead of time that his or her action will have negative consequences for someone else and yet still choose to do the dirty deed or in some cases just still choose to believe something about an entire culture or ignore something or like an instance of climate change just yeah go oh well too bad yeah yeah that's um i'm sorry if i can jump in real quick i was having this conversation with my face-to-face -face class of communication theory today we were talking about the same theories and the number one thing that came up is texting while driving and everybody raised their hand when I asked who thinks we should not text and drive and then everybody raised their hand when I asked who texts and drives <laughs> so um that that's another example of things that could put you know we are aware that it could put other people at risk and yeah, there's millions pretty common yeah <laughs> so anyway sorry to interrupt Crystal no, no, no. I was just saying that to the ladies uh, earlier today. I was saying that we have cognizant, cognitive dissonance like pretty much daily in our lives. I mean, to smoke or not to smoke, you know, smoking is bad for you, but yet um, you still do it or you just pretend like, okay, well, I eat vegetables and fruits, so it's okay if I smoke or just completely just saying, you know what, I don't care. I know it's bad for me, but I just don't care. Um, but in regards to current events, I recently read an article on Fox News website. Um, and I chose the article because personally, it spoke to my own cognit cognitive dissonance. Um, it was a Fox News article and there's a slight discomfort for me um, due to the fact that I know that sometimes it can be biased in reporting, um, but I, I, I like the title and I was engaged with by it. So I went ahead and I read it and I'm glad I did. Um, the title was the ESPN Gas Acts, Who Are We to Criticize China's Human Rights Records When Red States Assaults Voting Rights? Um, the article first starts off with the host, Tony Raley, or Raley, I don't know if I'm saying it right, asking uh, J.A. Adonde, uh, the director of the sports journalism, Northwestern University, um, he asked him, how he as a fan and a reporter reconcile enjoying the Olympics in Beijing as the CCP commits genocide to the Uyghur Muslims. Um, and Mr. Adoni answers its cognizant, cognitive dissonance. He states, um, I think it's a standard in sports right now. We have to have a cognitive dissonance. We need to compartmentalize. And I like this article because I was recently talking to my husband about this same situation um, in the NFL. I was asking him, you know, how is it that, you know, the NFL has sexual assault cases going on right now, discrimination, um, and but yet you tune in every Sunday and you watch the game and the playoffs, you know, their numbers are through the roof, right? You know, and the Super Bowl, people are watching. 
why are you still watching it knowing that? And this is the perfect example of cognitive dissonance. Um, we know that these issues are wrong and not being handled, but we love the sport and we wanna be entertained. So we just kind of put it on the back burner or we ignore it simply because we want to enjoy you know, our pastime. Um, now, he went on to say on the article, that's when it started getting a little controversial. He went on to say about, uh, criticize China's human rights records when he have ongoing attacks by agents of the state against unarmed. He was saying, how can we talk about China's human rights records when the US itself has attacks on its own citizens in regards to, in regards to assaults and voter rights uh, suppression and so forth. And I do understand what he was stating in that article. Um, and I do relate to a certain extent. I do believe that the United States, um, it does have its own issues in regards to human rights issues. Um, and we could talk about discussing the idea of human rights versus the actual action of it being upheld. But um, I think that with the US human rights issues, we still have a place um, of a democratic, democratic government in which we can say that, you know what, China is a socialist political approach, whereas the United States is a democratic social approach. So that just kind of, you know, that I guess that's my own cognitive dissonance in a way, me trying to make it right in my head, I guess, in a way to kind of just not wanting to deal with the actual social issue. And that's all cognitive dissonance is. It's just us trying to deal with issues in our heads, either changing our actions so that it goes with our beliefs or completely ignoring the actions altogether. Or the third way of handling cognitive dissonance is trying to make excuses as to why it is. So those are the things that I learned in regards to cognitive dissonance. And if I can say real quick, Crystal, it doesn't sound like you, um, that you were ignoring any of those things, you're actually actively thinking about them. So in trying to resolve your cognitive dissonance. So um, <laughs> I think you characterize yourself as what most people do, but um, you know, you're more proactive in thinking about it all. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard situation, especially when you try, when you don't really see an answer immediately on how to handle a situation, it makes you uncomfortable. It makes you feel like you're not doing enough. So therefore, what do you do? You know, yeah, it's like, I, right. <laughs> sorry, it's Go ahead, no. time of like social media too, because automatically I thought of like a whole bunch of examples where like um, people um, continue to listen to like these quote unquote canceled artists. Mm -hmm. Like that is completely um, still, what's the word? But yeah, it's, it, it's applied to like nowadays completely. Yeah. I, I automatically thought of like, um, you guys remember Dave Chappelle, how he oh, yes. transphobic, all of that, but people were still lining up to see him. Meanwhile, yes. on social media, you see like that he was being canceled, that like, no, he's not getting any more support, all of that. Mm -hmm. And that goes for multiple um, like um, like occasions, like th that happens so much. People say one thing and then their actions do mm -hmm. Uh -huh. well, so one way that people uh, actually talked about this in a different class, uh, a big way that the public rationalized um, 
so supporting him is that he was he's such a really strong, powerful advocate for black rights and um, and you know race issues, and so they were willing to forgive him about the trans. Yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, yes, that's, yeah, that's, it's, that's it's like a personal decision. Because, um, like, from what I see, is that, like, I'm I'm talking about on Twitter. I'm on Twitter a lot, so I would say that, from what I see, like, um, I I I know a bunch of like big Twitter accounts that are by Black people, and they do not support that, like, like transphobia mm -hmm. and all of that. But that's interesting because, like, in person, again, you you spoke to them in person, and then they're saying that I don't know. I think that's pretty. Well, not that I was. Yeah, I didn't speak to anybody in person who said that. I just, as yeah. a class, we kind of went through um, a bunch of the mass media yeah, and social yeah. media um, reactions at the time, and it was clear that I mean that was the that was one of the main narratives that people would use if they were still for him. But a lot of people also were able to say. Um, he's my friend and he's funny. I don't agree with his views, but I can still be his friend. So maybe appreciating. Yeah, the same thing is going for. People's... Yeah, the same thing is going for. What's that guy whose podcast is being canceled right now? Joe Rogan. Yeah, same thing yeah. goes for that. You know, um, they don't agree with his viewpoints. He's, he's being canceled right now for things that he's said it. And um, but there are some people who stand behind him because, you know, he's my friend now or we've had a good encounter. So, you know, you just kind of say, you know what, I'm just going to put that on the back burner. And some are saying, no, we're not going to allow that. You know, it just all depends yeah. on how you choose to handle your cognitive dissonance. Yeah, that's a really good example. And it's, it's similar to the classic example of like um uh, well when I was in college and not paying any of my own bills or working or anything <laughs> I was like I'm never going to shop at Walmart they pay their workers horrible wages and who would want to save some money for that and I'm never going to eat processed food ever oh it's so gross I'm never going to do this I'm never going to do that no plastic no whatever and now I realize how privileged someone has to be to actually like um make those commitments so seriously and it's very expensive uh, yeah it didn't last very long it's not even it's not fun either but um there is yeah I had some kind of dissonance for a little while and then I realized it's I mean good things and bad things come together you know it's Walmart does good in communities sometimes and they do terribly in society a lot of times but yeah um yeah. but that's where I can afford milk so exactly. I think we need to decipher the real message and people need to recognize what something is that they're, you know, in some cognitive dissonance, they're experiencing that um, in either they're just ignorant or they have, or they're biased or, you know. I don't think it'll ever be like solved that way because people will always, think that they're right and people's egos are so mm -hmm. big to like bring like have an open talk um it's very hard unless they're good at communicating but people are all always defensive they always have their guard up it's very very <laughs> hard to like just have a conversation and that goes for all sides honestly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so communication should just be about the factual message and nothing more like hey that's I don't know if that's possible though. 
But yeah, facts are relative too. It depends on what you consider to be fact. Yeah, I can tell y'all in my communication classes at UHD and where I taught before at St. Mary's University, which is a mostly uh, Hispanic serving institution versus the other schools I've taught at that were almost all just traditional college students, white and everything. The UHD has a lot of, the UHD students have a lot of communication with each other and a lot of like these podcast assignments and discussions in class and everything where y'all learn a lot from each other and y'all are really open and respectful and really just willing to learn and curious genuinely. And I think that that's a really awesome quality of, um, so far all the UHD students I've met. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a, a culture, maybe it's part of Houston too, being so. Yeah, a willingness diverse. to be, yeah, a willingness to understand each other. That's definitely a must, you know, yeah. and be able to speak and speak honestly on how you feel. Like I told my husband, I said, you know, cognitive, cognitive dissonance, you know, if you're just honest with yourself, how you feel, your, your discomfort and let, you know, say, hey, I, I don't like this. I don't know how I'm going to handle that. I guess that's the relation to it with communication then, isn't that like be, when you feel that cognitive dissonance, communicating it to someone and letting them know that, you know what, I don't feel comfortable with this. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. Maybe discussing it with each other can Boring. help too. Yeah. Or to yourself. Yeah. Sorry, Stephanie, I think I interrupted you. Oh, no, I just, um, I was saying, yeah, you know, acknowledge it. I think the step to overcoming some misunderstandings about things or what, what is, what, what really is what it is, is identifying how you feel about it, acknowledging it. And then you explore that mm-hmm. with yourself by yourself or with the people you're agreeing or disagreeing. And it helps if you're in disagreement so you can grow I from it like- and be open-minded. Mm-hmm. Because I, I was just thinking the instance of animals, I was like, I believe that chicken, like cows and chickens were put on earth to be consumed. It's how we treat them, for example. And, you know, and, the, and yeah. so the images they show or what they document about it, you have to read between those lines and explore mm-hmm. how you really feel about things. And if you're going to be able to do anything about it or can you? Yeah, but you're describing is. um self-reflexivity and being reflexive versus reflective, at least Mm. in academic stuff. Um, The the distinction is that being reflective, like if you write a reflection, you just hmm, think about something um, and being reflexive is being willing to really, really think about it and open to changing your mind or changing your behaviors. And so, which is a pretty advanced, um, I think it's, you have to be pretty mature um, as a person, I think, to do that. So well, I was thinking in terms of like it, you know, when if you had to convince people of something, if it was your job, if it was anybody's job to convince, um, you know, when like considering that when being getting your point or researching or yeah, trying to get uh, a law changed, you have to be I think a person has to think on all sides of it and identifying what this theory is or that it is a theory they have to be able to remove themselves or 
or put themselves in people's shoes because they're going to be like that. They're going to think from this image or that image. Yeah. And that's where ethics uh, comes into play a lot, especially if it's somebody with a lot of power who's doing that or it sounds like you're describing empathy um and that can definitely be a misused trait that uh is usually identifying that too with politicians like who's misusing you have to Mm -hmm. be able to see the difference you know or when voting for example early vote by the way started yes oh yes (laughs) I automatically, I'm also thinking about like boycotts, how some people, I, I'm automatically thinking about uh, <laughs> like circumstances, like things that I've been in. Um, there was this one time, I think this was like back in 2018, um, I found out banks were, um, like they support Trump, All right. And I'll support Trump, but I like completely respect everyone in their political views, you know, stuff like that. I had a friend and he was like, I was grabbing an energy drink and I always used to drink things. I grabbed something else and he was like, why didn't you grab like your usual thing? And I was just like, oh, I'm boycotting because like, you know, um, I don't want my money to go to them. And they're like, oh, do you think you're actually making a difference? Blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, uh, I'm not sure if I am, but like, you know, it's my own personal belief. So if you don't believe in it, that's totally fine. You know, I was open to that communication. I was just like, you know, if you don't believe that's sort of totally fine. You kept going on and on and on. Like you're not making a difference. Like it doesn't that's matter. The same. Like that. That's probably how he rationalizes his behaviors that don't match with his beliefs. Is yeah. that, eh, it would make a difference anyway, if I was mm. um, not being as a yeah. Oh, that's pretty. It's pretty interesting to like apply these theories to like your own conversations with people. It explains a lot actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's cool. And I there are a lot more theories coming up and they get more like critical and cultural towards the end of this semester. And those are my favorite ones because we talk about um they're more recent and just more kind of relevant right now than um, some of these older ones. How exactly would this tie in with the um, um, expectancy violations theory? How would that tie in with each other? Like yeah, cognitive dissonance and expectancy violation. Yeah. Um, they're both, so both of them are about um, reacting to um, trying to reconcile some dissonance or um, there's some gap in what should happen and what does happen, like in expectancy violation, there's a gap in what, you know, Mm -hmm. VP did after the oil spill and what you expected them to do, which would be like apologize and clean it up instead of make excuses and sue Louisianans. And um, so there's that, that direction of it there. And then with the um, cognitive dissonance, it's I think more um, inward. So instead of, I mean, you can violate your own expectations, but usually with cognitive dissonance, that's like the in, internal way of you know violating expectations and you have to kind of justify it or talk to your, give yourself an excuse that's good enough to keep doing it or change your behavior. 
Mm-hmm. So, and when we talk about uncertainty re- reduction next week, um, well, it'll tie in even more. So hopefully it'll make more sense. Okay. Well, thank y'all. I think this was a great discussion. Do you have anything to add? No. All right. Well, go team. And and I'll get this posted for the class um, shortly. Right. Thank you, guys. Thank what you are we so doing much. Next? I'm sorry. What are we doing next time now from here on out?